Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we are looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the True Story FM Entertainment Podcast Network. And I'm Pete Wright. And Thor's a wrestler now, too? <laughs> Today, we were talking about Minute 108, which begins with a resigned Loki and ends with Fireball, Fireball, Fireball! <laughs> Back on the show, we have Ryan Bennett from Black Girl Nerds. Hello, Ryan. Hello. I always thought Thor was a wrestler. I never had any doubt. I'm <laughs> oh, glad they finally okay. so got I'm to this moment. To this. Yes. <laughs> I'm late to the party. Pete, I don't know All what right. you're doing, but I'm glad they finally revealed this in this moment, <laughs> I, in this minute. Thank you I, for having me. We had the moment earlier in the film that proved it because we have Loki yeah. getting into that wrestler pose <laughs> when he's luring Thor into the uh, cell. It's a whole family of wrestlers. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Oh, well, now this is a whole other world that I want to see <laughs> realized. Somebody. Please. Yeah. Yes. Come on, somebody. Oh, but this minute is starting with Loki's response to Thor. It's too late. It's too late to stop it. And then Thor comes in with, no, we can together. And I just, I laugh now every time I hear this because my brain always goes to, you know, Chris Hemsworth ends up saying that line kind of the same way he does later. And I think it's Ragnarok when he's talking to Hulk and he's doing, you know, the sun's going down, like doing that whole thing, trying to get him to calm down and go back into, into Banner. And it kind of is that same voice when he's talking to Loki right here. No, we can together. It's that very soft. I'm trying to. I'm trying to be welcoming, and it's. I don't, it plays really yeah, funny. It just comes off as passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a fun moment between brothers and Loki. <laughs> sentiment as he stabs him with one of his blades. That uh, again, we have seen far too too few of his blades in this film that he conjures. Yeah. I don't know why he hasn't done it since the start of the film. He's had plenty of opportunities. Yeah. What do you two think of this sequence? Well, for Thor's sake, I'm glad he did not conjure any more blades. Like we, we just needed, uh, you know, the one for him to get over with. But this scene to me now, seeing everything that you know the the Avengers universe is going to offer us, he does this repeatedly. Thor always comes back to Loki, thinking Loki is going to like choose the other side. He's going to change it. He does that every time. It's not a shiv, but it's like every single time. Yeah, he thinks that his brother can do something different, and you know he does have his moments as you starting to get into like you know, uh, infinity and things like that. But it was just like, it took him to like the brink of like nothing to finally be like, okay, well maybe I can do something for my brother. But every time Thor is like giving him that passive aggressive line and he never chooses the right thing. Like he always is there with like a different plan. And you keep thinking, you're like, when does Thor give up? When is he going to give up? Thor is Dom Toretto. And he just That's thinks Brian is family. Loki Brian is family. And he's just not. It's, it's me familia. It's, you're yes. right. What am I thinking right now? What is going on? What am yeah. I thinking? You, you know what? He just can't do I it. I should have started yeah. with that. You're right. I don't know what. I'm a Fast and Furious fan. I should know this. I should know you never turn your back on family. I should know this. I don't know what I I'm talking about know. right now. Like you. Sh- <laughs> okay. See, I just understand yeah. Thor better. I've been mad. All these Avengers movies. I understand him better now. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just saying, welcome to the family. I mean, you could have you could have told me this earlier, but I appreciate it now. I'm I'm glad you revealed it. Yeah. <laughs> could have told you like be- before the mics yeah, were on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better late than never, though. I guess. Oh my gosh. It's a it's a great moment between brothers, but there is definitely this um, this brotherly connection that you know we're going to be talking about. I mean, we talked about it in Thor a plenty, and Loki was the villain there. 
And still here, Thor is coming back saying, Hey, you know, we can, we can do this. We're brothers trying to stay civil. It really is kind of an interesting, an interesting perspective that, that he will continue to take through the franchise, really. Like, I'm trying to think if there's ever a point where Thor has given up on Loki, but I don't think so. I think it's Loki who's always kind of turning his back, and then Thor is the one who's always trying to bring him back in, huh? Yeah, he's doing the dance, the family dance. <laughs> he doesn't, he can't let go. And Loki, I, I think that that's one of the, the pieces I think that's so great about Loki is that he is, when he is, like, pivoting toward family and being that super sincere, he's really sincere. Like, I believe that he fights this. Uh, the draw to to family. I mean, he wants to rule, and he's he's kind of a trickster. But also, like I I think that's what makes him interesting is that he lives with this his duality. There's definitely an interesting element with the character here, and I suppose in context of this film, as with Loki as the villain, you know, we've talked about him being the villain. Now that the Chitauri are here, he's kind of become a little bit less of an important villain. He's the one who's unleashed all of this, but couldn't do any of this on his own. It's really the Chitari that are going to destroy the city, and the Avengers have to stop the Chitari, stop, close the Tesseract, all this. And Loki is just now just kind of a thorn in their side that they'll eventually have to deal with. But until then, we do have a little bit more of Loki, as we see in this minute, because after Thor's fantastic wrestling moves, <laughs> which really kind of seem to come out of nowhere when he uh it's not quite the backbreaker but it's definitely the body slam that he's doing with him here loki does this weird roll off the side of the building and we call that uh loki's lucky drop (laughs) is that what we call it tlld i didn't know that we had it's his own his own move signature move loki's lucky drop so okay so here's a question if they were in a ring (laughs) <laughs> would it be off the side of the ring? It just jumps out of the ring. It just rolls off the side of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he lands on like an electric wheelchair or something. <laughs> that always has to be something moving right below where he drops or it's not lucky. It is decidedly unlucky. He has to be caught. I don't know. The timing is just amazing to me. I'm like, dude, how do yeah. you even know? Like, I would have still just been dropping down the side of the building. I'm like, how do you just imaginally get your leg out at the right time to jump on this aircraft? Like, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. How does it? I mean, do we I, do we have any reason to to characterize this as uh, like other, anything other than like psychic wonderment that he's able to just fall at exactly the right time? Is it really just is lucky luck his superpower? He's really domino. I, I don't ever fully get this. It's not like he has this, uh, as we've talked about, supposedly there's this hive mind with the Chitari, but I've never really understood this role. It's like, is he just hoping that he'll get away and his Asgardianness will survive, will, will help him survive a drop off the side of the building? Or does he actually, is he somehow kind of keeping an eye on things and know that this chariot is about to pass by so that when he does his little roll, it's like, oh, I saw it coming. And uh, so that's what sends him over the edge. It's just, it's weird because he's like face down. I don't know how he's... I think I, appre- uh, I prefer your your first 
thought, which is he's okay just rolling off the building knowing that he would come up with a plan between high <laughs> and I've low. Got, and got, just got lucky that it was that there was a thing falling. He's like, oh, what a surprise! A, a space sled. I've got ten seconds. To yeah, put my plan together. Yeah. Can I before we follow Loki as he hops onto this thing? I just have to, Pete. This is an embarrassing moment for the two of us, Ryan. Um, you're going to have to just, I, I hope you can forgive us for an egregious error. Uh, we, we never noted one very key thing that uh, even to this point in minute 108, something that happened uh, in minute 98. So 10 full minutes of film time. Now, granted, we haven't been staring at Thor this entire time, but in minute 98, when Thor is standing in the field, and he wheels Mjolnir and calls the lightning so he can hop on his little lightning scooter and head out of there. Pete, in minute 98, you we can watch the lightning like form his armor around his arms. And I just am noticing what? this because I'm like, wait a minute, when did he put armor on? Because he was always sleeveless. This, yeah. in minute 98, the lightning actually forms like scale by scale it yeah. forms this uh this mail this chain mail on his arms and i am a little embarrassed <laughs> that having gone through this so many times i must have just been staring at mjolnir and the lightning every time i was looking at this because i never noticed until as i'm looking back at it now that the lightning is actually forming that chain mail on him it's got to be incredibly embarrassing as the guy who devoted five minutes to the Statue of Commerce getting its head lopped off two minutes ago <laughs> that you'd miss a central Marvel character moment like this. I I share the blame. Well, in your defense, whenever I see Mjolnir, I never look at Thor. If Mjolnir is in this thing, I never look at Thor. Because <laughs> okay. I'm like, why are we looking at Thor? Like, this is cool. Like, a whole hammer just tore down all this forest, and I could grab this thing just out of me, like, and there's lightning? Why are we even looking at him? I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. Why are we it's looking at him? It's not just me then. Let me just say, because of his amazing arms, they are amazing. <laughs> and lightning just covered them up with scales. Yes. Okay. That is a That should be contractually uh, uh, obliterated from Hemsworth's, uh, all of Hemsworth's uh, uh, riders. Like, ridiculous. Those, those guns must be a-blazing at all times. <laughs> I like that you just described it that way because now I want to think that it actually put scales on him. Like it's actually they're actually fish scales on his arms now. Whole so different gross. <laughs> oh, these are disgusting. So when he slammed Tho- Loki, definitely he shouldn't have been able to get up. He shouldn't have been able to get up at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. He's that much more powerful. The way he slammed him, like he he shouldn't have been able to roll off the building. I'm just saying, if we're talking about his true his true force, yes, that's right, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, another superpower. superpower. Oh, all right. Well, we do see that Loki was lucky. He grabbed onto the chariot and took off, and now he is being pulled by this chariot, and all these other Chitari come following behind as he and his little Chitari squadron come flying. We do get to see a great shot of the Chitari behind him. And I I find that the Chitari uh, chariots are so interesting because like we talked about earlier when they first appeared, they pilot them with like these shoulder harnesses. Their arms are free and so they're just steering by like mo- shifting their body and moving their shoulders. It's really kind of an interesting design. Yes. But again, it's a really hard one to see quickly because they they uh, are a little difficult to kind of piece together. 
you can kind of get it at second 34. Yeah. If you stop, the motion blur is kind of, we're free of it for a, just a little bit. And you can see where the harness kind of connects to them. And he has his arms out like he's, like he's flying, like he's supermanning the, the sled. And I, <laughs> I do like that idea. I like the idea that there's a little bit of frivolity in the Chitari's daily lives. Like they may not enjoy waging war or being birthed from the giant <laughs> Leviathan worm, but they do get to sometimes fly the skiff. And that's a moment of real freedom for them. And so I, I, I celebrate that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't give Centauri like much, I don't want to give them much credit because they're like the worst, but. I will say that's a pretty gangster <laughs> moment that they can like, they feel that confident in their flying ability that they just lean forward a little bit. They're not actually, because if you ever do anything that's airborne like that, you have to lean. It is the most horrifying because everything tenses up because you're like, do I really have control of like everything that I'm doing? <laughs> and the fact that they have the confidence to be like, okay, I got this. I know exactly where I'm going. And if I don't, I don't care. Like I'm going into this building. It's It's fine. You know, like they just, they just take off. So yeah, <laughs> that's right. Now I really want to see them like, you know, when you're driving uh, and you have your windows down in the car and your arms are out yep. the window and you're just kind of doing the little mm-hmm. the little wave with the wind. I just want to see them doing that as they're like, woo! Yep. They're like, oh, <laughs> like this is fine. The we'll get there eventually wherever we're going. It's fine. <laughs> There's too right, much exactly. uh, just sort of sound of explosions in this minute. You can't actually hear the wee on the wind, <laughs> which is which they're actually doing. You just can't hear it. Yeah, right, right. Um, okay, so so they escape. They kind of head out of here, and this kind of gives us our transition as we follow Loki and the Chitari. Uh, and we do have a quick moment with Thor pulling the uh, the little blade out of his side and tossing it to the ground. But then we cut to the ground, and we're coming in, and this is kind of a funny moment because we're coming in on Steve running up to Natasha and Clint, um, who are like hiding behind a taxi cab. There was a deleted scene here that happened earlier. It's I, there must be other pieces that they just never shot, like setting the whole thing up for us as to why Steve actually leaves. But it's like when you're watching the film earlier, the three of them come out together, and uh, and we see the and they see the Leviathan, and then suddenly like Clint or Steve is like joining them again. Well, it's because we have this deleted scene where Cap saves this family. There's three. Uh, a, a mom, dad, and a kid in a, I think it's actually the same Acura RDX that we saw earlier. They, the Chitari, uh, they take off and then the Chitari attack it and uh, Cap uh, stops the Chitari. And I mean, what do you two think of this little uh, deleted scene that we had? Man, first of all, let's go back to Fast and Furious where the cat <laughs> rotates over the top of the car, you have to have that. Like, you got to have the person underneath the car and somebody to go over the top of the car. So I'm like, I wish they would have kept that in there. Just for my own, like, sake of loving seeing things fly in the air, I wish they would have kept that that part in there. But it does, like, I, I get it. I guess it slows them down from getting to the action part. But then you are wondering, like, why do you have the, why are the Avengers out of buy the taxi? Like, get up, people. Like, things are being, dis- like, destructive. They're being destroyed. So it's like, it's like on one hand, the action, the action fan of me wants to be like, keep it going, keep the action going so I don't get pulled away. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, this would explain why they're just sitting there. I'm like, do they have a plan? Why are they just sitting there behind the taxi? Because nobody told him what to do because Cap wasn't there because he was doing the most crazy <laughs> leap from the ground, <laughs> lying prone on the ground. He leaped six feet in the air. <laughs> like, somehow. <laughs> Those twitch muscles, his core is amazing. Yeah, core He's able to clear the car. 
that was it, that was an incredible. I think that's probably why they cut the minute because it's of we're in this space of like more grounded action, and that felt more campy to me than than anything else. In this. it was tonally out of alignment with everything else that we're seeing. As much weirdness as is going on here, um, I do like the when he actually saves the family. He uses the shield. He knocks out the Chitari guy, and he tells the kid in the car get underground and the dad says yes sir and all my mind does because i'm laughing at this minute at this point is is have the dad say i don't report to you and then walk away like i want the dad to be a smart ass more than anything else in the world i don't report to you america (laughs) or like the police officer later is just like who the hell are you exactly exactly that's a good moment (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, I think it's weird. I see why they cut it. Um, but I do I, I like I'm I'm kind of with Ryan. Like I like the uh I like the idea of this cap centric action sequence that is a little bit quieter. You kind of get to see some this is like street level heroism. And um I, so I, I appreciate it, but I can totally see why they cut it. It's out of tone with the rest of the sequence. It's kind of fun to see the Chitari, like the the stuntman playing the Chitari in the bodysuit that they yeah, wear, kind of cool, like the gray yeah. and black and the white bar- barcode. <laughs> yeah, that they use to kind of track it. It's it's a really interesting design that they have uh, for that. I do laugh. Um, you know, Cap throws his shield at the car so hard that I'm kind of surprised that he didn't slice the parents' heads off. <laughs> yeah, there's another movie. <laughs> right, I know. I always uh, go <laughs> mm-hmm. for those darker ones, but... It's an interesting little beat that we have. And, you know, it could have been interesting to see, like, Steve actually run off to go do this little moment of heroism, help this family, get them underground. And then, again, he comes running back to join Natasha and Clint here at this uh, cab as they're starting to figure out what their uh, their next steps are. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, Loki flies by here as Clint is starting to talk to Steve. Loki comes zipping by on his chariot and is going so fast. But Steve, uh, maybe it's just his super eyes, but he's just like Loki, like he knows that that's Loki. I don't know how he does. I I know you said super eyes and I know he has. It's his super sniffer. Super eyes, but it might be his sniffer. He smells (laughs) Loki and his fine Asgardian leather. Uh, I, I do, I do wonder a little bit like how he, he knows that's Loki. Maybe he just knows it's Loki because they're all flying in formation. I, I don't know. Maybe that's it. He's just keying on military structures, but I, I don't get how he knows. Yeah. What I think that they missed out on is as Loki comes flying by, have him doing like a maniacal laugh. <laughs> oh yeah. They did miss the laugh. <laughs> yeah. That echoes down in the Canyon right. buildings. I mean, who yeah. else is crazy to roll with the Shatari? It has to be Loki. Like, who else is crazy enough to get them to go in formation? <laughs> They're not this smart. Usually they just, you know, dip and dive everywhere and, you know, go into random retail offices and whatever and just start shooting people. So they have a they have a destructive pattern in their way where people and police officers are flying. So he's like, that's got to be Loki. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, uh, but it leads to this big moment. And this is, I guess, the the point where Loki is actually taking charge of things and to a certain extent seems like the actual villain of the film still. Like he is now leading the Chitari on this charge through the streets 
where they are blasting everything and blowing everything up. They're pretty much destroying everything that is in front of them. And and this minute ends with uh, the blue pew-pew blasts hitting, hitting cars and buildings and blowing up trucks and uh i think that there is a the major brands dr pepper just gucci in there yeah i was gonna say the dr pepper truck yep yeah which is actually scripted which tells you that that was probably uh some product placement deal that they had uh, from the beginning yeah and uh and then you get that kind of crazy shot of loki's face as he's uh driving through it all but it's very much one of those shots where I imagine I, I can't imagine obviously the fireballs were as big as they are here, but it was probably a lot of fun for the team to put together with all these vehicles and explosions and things to just kind of blow things up sequench sequentially going from one end of the street down toward all the, the, the cameras. And and the firework is not to be missed. Like the fireballs actually do look cool. Like yeah. you made a joke about it earlier because it's fun to joke about these things, but they're they're awesome. Yeah. Can I just get blue pew pew blast on a t shirt? I thought that was really cool how you put that. <laughs> 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 oh, we love the blue pew pews. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. They are yeah. the best. They are the best. Yes, we definitely need that on a shirt. <laughs> Uh, this minute, right toward this, uh, the end of this minute, we get two great shots. One is a long lens shot uh, looking at uh, three cops helping two businessmen run from all these flipping cars and explosions and the black smoke and stuff. It's a great long lens shot that really kind of puts them right in the middle of all of that explosions and everything. Like, it's cool the way that plays. And then the last shot that we have, I, I think it's an interesting one because it really reminds me of that shot we had when the Chitari first attack, where we're inside the cab or the car as it gets hit and we're we see the flip of the car as it goes this is a similar one where we're actually on the side of the car but it blows up and flips and we're kind of watching it as uh as the whole flip happens it's it's a cool little technique that they have here it's really cool and i feel like the only reason we don't see more of it is because the camera melted like we're in the (laughs) fireball (laughs) it's crazy yeah right it is pretty crazy it is a fun minute. Um, any last things from this minute from either of you? I, it's it's very strange to be like I'm here for the destruction, right? Because it, this was an exciting <laughs> this is an exciting moment. You know, I'm scared for what that means, what that says about me. But it was a very exciting moment <laughs> <laughs> or minutes minute, I should say. Yeah, all of our listeners are wondering too. What is up with Ryan and destruction? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I will be here for all the comments. Yes, because uh, you know I just put that out there. But I'm just saying, yep, right. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Ryan, uh, tell everybody again about uh, Black Girl Nerds and what you are all doing over there. Yes. Follow Black Girl Nerds on all social media platforms. Send me all of your destructive comments. No, I'm just kidding. Don't send us your destructive comments. But yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be careful what you wish for on the internet yeah. these days. Yes. Yes. Do not send us your destructive comments. Um, but yeah, we have a good time at Black Girl Nerds. It's all about, you know, Black women expressing their geeky side because it was always accepted. So we love going into different arenas, different areas. We're continuing to branch out into the live world because everything is live and streaming now and gaming. So we're continuing to develop new comments. So yeah, come and check us out on all social media platforms. You can find me at November Bear at Twitter. Talking about destructive stuff there. So you can you can bring it over there then if you need to. <laughs> awesome. There it is. But we'll have all the links in the show notes. Everybody check that out. And if you're not seeing the show notes on your podcatcher, just go to our website, marvelmovieminute.com, where you can 
uh, get all of those. And you can also learn about our membership where you can get early access to episodes, ad-free episodes, all that good stuff. So Ryan, thank you again for joining us here today. Certainly appreciate it. Thank you guys. And Pete, thanks as always. Tomorrow, Andy, a controversial reenactment of Budapest. (laughs) Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.